Live from the betting capital of the world. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Wager Talk with Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels. It's Monday here on Wager Talk. Welcome to the Sports Grid TV Network. Welcome, Zumo viewers on Channel 719. Welcome to all you listening on the iHeartRadio Network and all of our podcast forums. This is your Sports Central for betters. In the next hour, I'm Teddy Covers, joined by Ralph Michaels at Teddy Onisor Covers on Twitter, at CalSportsLV on Twitter. For the next hour, Ralph and I are going to break down the world of sports from a betting perspective. All the news you need to know to make educated wagers tonight and all week long. So let's get right into it, Ralph. Bad beats, bad bets, bad for the books. Let's go through all the games in the NFL on Sunday. But we'll start with a little overview. It was a dog day afternoon. Yeah, Academy Award winning movie. Hey, it's got Fredo in that movie, but not really that great a movie for 2019. Nonetheless. It was a dog day afternoon yesterday. The Panthers plus 220. The Browns plus 280. The Raiders plus 220. The Titans plus 160. The Jags plus a buck and a quarter. The Bucks plus 375. And the Saints on Sunday night with another outright upset victory. Good day for those who had big dogs on the money line, Ralph. Well, let's also remember... It's been a road season. The road team came into this weekend 33-14-2, The road teams go 9-5, and five, and that puts the road teams this season so far at 69%. And when you're looking for upsets, I went back and pulled the numbers from last season. 86 NFL teams won the game straight up as an underdog, so that is exactly 33%. So moving forward again, try to find those dogs. The average in the NFL is about five underdogs winning outright per week. And five a week is a fair bit. Of course, that's the average number. And many of those dogs will be short dogs, dogs of a point or two uh, uh, that will happen. But yesterday we saw, you know, uh, teams lined five, six, seven, eight, nine points winning straight up. That's why there were four dogs cash at plus 220 or higher. On the money line, let's go through the games. Let's start with the one we saw last. The Cowboys and the Saints had a defensive scrum. And here's New Orleans without Drew Brees with Teddy Bridgewater uh, serviceable. Let's leave it at that. The Saints defense has won the last two games in a row. That's scary for anybody in that NFC West or NFC South division. And Dallas, after three good games, they faced a real opponent and came up uh, certainly offensively laid a pretty big egg. That, to me, was one of the biggest surprises. Watching that New Orleans Saints D hold the Dallas Cowboys to 257 yards and 15 first downs. Uh, Again, very, very impressive. Dak Prescott, a bunch of dink and dunk, 22 completions for 220 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, 18 carries, 35 yards, Probably the one most surprising running back line out of the entire weekend of NFL action. Well, what the Saints did defensively was we're going to stack the box. We're going to shut down Zeke. We're going to make Dak beat us. And that strategy worked. One would anticipate we'll see the exact same strategy from the Green Bay Packers this week when the Packers uh, go to Dallas. Early line on that game opened 
uh, with Dallas, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Look, the weirdest game yesterday, you can tell me whatever you want, the single weirdest game was Lions and Chiefs. Uh, season high in fumbles uh, between the two teams. Uh, KC with the ultimate, well, they didn't blow the whistle, so we'll go 99 yards the other way. Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw a touchdown pass, and yet Kansas City gets the win. The Lions get the cover. And once again, Detroit plays just well enough. They make enough mistakes, but are the Lions any good? And what do we make of Mahomes not throwing any TDs yesterday? Again, you know, you, you talked about covering a game that means you're playing well. You put up 447 yards against the KC defense. We know you have to take that with a grain of salt. Uh, you know, it's a game that we just see it week in and week out. I mean, right now, you know, you, you've talked about how Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think there's any argument if you're down one score – with under two minutes to go, who do you want to be your quarterback? It's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and my biggest takeaway from that game was that Kansas City faced adversity for the first time. They haven't faced any adversity this season, certainly not in the second half of any of their games. They faced adversity on the road, and they came out, you know, they passed that test with flying colors. That's good news for the Chiefs moving forward. Even though they didn't get the money yesterday, they proved something to me. And that means something moving forward, perhaps. Uh, this was not much of a game. The Giants and the Redskins, the books took a beating on this one. They, they did well on a bunch of the games. They did not do well on Giants-Redskins. The wise guys like the Giants. The public like the Giants. And the Giants just killed them. Daniel Jones, another good game. Case Keenum, not so much. And then it got worse after that. Dwayne Haskins came in. He was not ready to play in an NFL game. Giants 24, Redskins 3. I mean, the difference we saw right there, Daniels played multiple years at Duke, had a quarterback tutoring for all those years, and was ready to play. Dwayne Haskins played one year in college football, came out way too early, only has that those games of experience. We saw he's not ready. But to me, this Giants D is not the Bears. It's not Buffalo. And for Washington to have eight first downs against this foe shows you just how bad their offense may be. Yeah, the Redskins are hoping to start Colt McCoy at quarterback this next week. McCoy uh, was hurt in training camp. They don't want to put Keenan back out there. Haskins isn't ready. They're hoping McCoy is going to be good to go. Of course, his opponent will be the New England Patriots. Let's talk one more before the break. And boy, this one got me. All the quotes coming out of the Falcons' locker room was Atlanta's coming to play. Well, Atlanta didn't come to play. It was ugly for the Falcons. They got booed off the field. Daniel Quinn is under fire. And the Sharps and the Squares both cashed with Tennessee plus the points. You look at Atlanta, it's hard to believe they only scored 10 points. Matt Ryan threw the ball 53 times for 397 yards. Just horrible red zone execution. Yeah, speaks volumes about the Titans' defense. It speaks volumes about the number of mistakes the Atlanta Falcons made in a game they're not supposed to make mistakes. When we come back here on Wager Talk, more NFL breakdown. Stay tuned. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. 
back here on Wager Talk. Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels were breaking down everything that happened in the NFL yesterday. What we learned. We call it bad beats, bad bets, bad for the books. But the truth is, this segment is all about properly analyzing what happened yesterday to put us in the right mindset for what's going to happen this coming week and help us analyze the games for this week better because we know exactly what happened last week, both in the games themselves and in the betting markets. And I'll tell you what happened in this game. The Browns shredded the Ravens' defense third straight week. That Baltimore's defense has looked very, very dicey. Ravens now a 500 team. But the thing that intrigued me the most about this game wasn't that Cleveland pretty much dominated wire to wire. It was that John Harbaugh went for two, down eight. They were, they, they were down two touchdowns. They scored. They were down 14. They scored the first touchdown and went for two instead of kicking the extra point. That is absolutely the right move, Ralph, isn't it? Or is it? I didn't mind the move. I mean, you've gone for two. You have the mobile quarterback. If you if you do make it, you're in the position to win. You're trailing the whole game. So you're, you're playing with house money. If you make the two-point conversion, you're down six, which they did. And then the next touchdown wins. If you miss it, you're down eight. And you can get a two-point conversion. So I think with Lamar Jackson, it is the right call because of that flexibility. But... You know, the Browns were just a big play offense. They had three plays yesterday for 59 or more yards, two receiving, one by Chubb. And, you know, the thing we take away from this is you and I talked about it, how Baltimore stats look so good because of playing Miami and Arizona weeks one and two. And even their offensive stats are a bit misleading as they scored a 50-yard touchdown with under a minute to go on a uh, on a little screen play with the Browns defense just being very lethargic. So uh, the eye test doesn't lie. Baltimore stats still misleading because they've only played four games, two of them Arizona and Miami. Sure, but we like the coaches that get the analytics when you're down by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter and you score a TD. On the first possession, going for two is absolutely the right move. Gives you a chance to win and gives you a mulligan to do it again if you'd fail on that two-point conversion. I agree with Harbaugh's move 100%. So the wise guys bet Miami again yesterday. Yeah, yeah, they were on the Dolphins. There was 16 and a half the open, 14 and a half the close. And Miami again, they moved the football. There was hope in the first half. In the second half, they've been outscored 81 to nothing this season. They've been outscored 163 to 26 for the full season. That is the NFL's worst four-game point differential. And the quote I got says, since at least 1940, which means they didn't find one that was worse than that. And the good records don't exist pre-1940. So Dolphins, worst team of all time? They're starting, starting to look like it. Well, how many times have we had a team you know, pre-game number one, start selling off their stars like they did. So obviously the mentality was there. You talked about it after the first game, people talking about talking on the phone, get me out of here. So you have that attitude going into game number one. What can you expect? And, you know, listen, they, they scored the first touchdown. They kept it close at half, but in the long run, 233 yards isn't going to cut it. Josh Rosen, you know, he's just in a horrible spot. So again, anytime you're playing Miami, there's going to have to be an asterisk in a lot of stats this year 
with historic lines and these people with double-digit favorites that have never been double-digit favorites. And these teams that play them twice in their division games, the Jets, Buffalo, and New England are going to have stats that, again, are, are going to be inflated because of because of having the Dolphins on your schedule twice. Yeah, Ralph, when I did the first show with you, I was calling right after the show saying, you got to get me out of here. You got to get me out of here. But they haven't been able to trade me yet. Uh, so it happens. Uh, but it is worth noting, you make a great point talking about Miami. The week after playing the Dolphins, Miami's opponents, over against the spread. They are overvalued the following week. Something to pay attention to, perhaps this week, for the L.A. Chargers. They take on Denver. Uh, so the Raiders win wire to wire. I mean, outright upset, and they shredded Indy's defense on the ground, through the air. Oakland looks pretty good yesterday. Indy, off a very good-looking game, couldn't do it twice in a row. Again, maybe we we looked, uh, you know, we gave Indy too much credit with two wins. We knew the quarterback situation, and people threw him in the trash when luck was out. Brissett showed us he was a capable quarterback, but again, perhaps not to the next level. Uh, you know, you, you look at Oakland, and and I was certainly impressed. The scoreboard doesn't show as much of a domination as it was. I mean, you look at the box score, it's only 377 to 346. Well, that's the difference between someone who's going to analyze and handicap NFL games by looking at a box score and those that follow the game, either play by play or watch the game, where the eye test told you from start to finish, Oakland was the better team. Indy had more first downs. If you just check the box score, you're going to think, oh, close game. Indy had the extra turnover. I, I'm not going to change the power ratings. The eye test says Oakland goes up in the power ratings. Indy goes down. No question. And the, that Colts defense has been problematic, although they have more than their fair share of injuries. One of several teams we'll talk about with some injury problems like the New England Patriots, our team with some real injury problems right now on the offensive side of the football. Isaiah Wynn, the left tackle hurt, and boy, Brady was rough yesterday. And again, he missed a practice last week. He said, I'm no spring chicken. I'm going to practice as little as I can. It showed on the field. Patriots lucky to win the game. Bills covered. I'm not going to say wire to wire because they didn't cover wire to wire. They were down 13 nothing. But Bills covered throughout the second half of that ball game. Well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna group this game and the Minnesota Chicago game into saying there are times when there's a low total when you have four of the top ten defenses in football facing each other, and it's a division game. It's gonna be a low scoring scrum, and that's exactly what it was. You know, I've talked about Buffalo's defense. Their numbers aren't going to be as good because they got Josh Allen who makes mistakes, like his three interceptions, keeping the defense on the field for more. But to me, they can play man-to-man against anyone. New England with 11 first downs and winning. You know, I didn't look up that stat. I will for tomorrow. And for our viewers, I'll bring it up. How many times an NFL team has gone on the road, only had 11 first downs and won that game? It doesn't happen very often, but it happened with New England yesterday. We'll see right now the status of Josh Allen for the Bills very much in doubt. Matt Barkley, not going to be a huge point spread adjustment between Barkley and Allen, but there is some adjustment between the two. Allen, certainly the better of the two deep passers, despite his three TDs yesterday, or three INTs yesterday. Uh, Let's do some quick hitters right here. Deshaun Watson got mauled again yesterday. Six sacks 
for Carolina uh, in their outright upset at Tennessee. Bill O'Brien's taking heat right now. I think Allen is a very serviceable quarterback. McCaffrey gives them gives them the dual threat. Carolina's defense is legit, uh, and again, Houston's O line just undescribable how bad and how many sacks they've given up with a mobile quarterback. Yeah, and from that 0-2 start, the Panthers have made their season relevant with back-to-back victories. The Bucs pulled the outright upset. We talked on this show about what a flat spot it looked like for the L.A. Rams on paper. Turned out, it wasn't just on paper. Rams were flat as a pancake coming out of the uh, locker room yesterday. Credit to Bruce Arians. He has the team believing. They were in that game. They continued to fight. Even when the Rams got the defensive touchdown late, they moved the ball. Again, hats off to Jameis Winston and to Bruce Arians. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be competitive. So the Broncos snatched defeat from the jaws of victory again. Mustache gets the job done. Did you see that dance touchdown he had yesterday? Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville spoiled. The Denver Broncos, first chance for a victory, yet the markets haven't crashed on Denver. Well, again, 60 yards, eight plays to get that game-winning field goal. Minshew looks like a veteran. He he came out there. He played great. Uh, again, Jacksonville gets credit. Leonard Fournette, 225 yards. Awesome. Yeah, Fournette dominated that Broncos defense. The Bears defense on the day for the second straight week. Impressive performance from Chicago. And Kyler Murray, well, a rough day against the Seahawks, and that's putting it mildly. Seattle's defense came to play, and that game, no drama whatsoever, side or total. When we come back, yeah, you want to talk Monday Night Football? We're ready. We're locked and loaded. We got opinions on the game, side, total. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In in addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you're playing tonight's NFL game and you bet the Steelers minus three, if they beat the Bengals by seven points, you'll receive seven times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter promo code grid, G-R-I-D, grid, and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only, eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Ralph, this is not the MLB All-Star break. It's not close to the MLB All-Star break, but it's like the MLB All-Star break in one sense. MLB All-Star break is the lightest time of the year for sports betters. There's nothing going on except for baseball. In fact, if you take that week off, you haven't missed anything. Well, here we are. There's only one game on tap tonight. There's a preseason NHL game between Philadelphia and Lausanne. There's some tennis somewhere. But realistically, MLB playoffs start tomorrow. NHL starts. NBA starts. But all that's coming tonight. There's one game. That's what we got. It's like the All-Star break. So that will be the Steelers and the Bengals. Before we get into that, which we will in depth right here, 
You figured out that you found uh, did some uh, research found that 11 first down road favorite stat. What do you got for us, Ralph, when it comes to teams that were chalk on the road laying uh, one on the road with 11 first downs or less? Well, since in the last in the last 10 years, 32 teams have had 11 first downs and won the game. When you're looking at road teams, 13 have gone on the road, had 11 first downs or less and won the game. The Patriots are the 14th team. Uh, One interesting stat I'll throw out the following week. Those teams that had 11 first downs and one have gone eight and 22 over under. So 73.3% or 70, 70, excuse me, 4.3% of the games have gone under the week after a team like New England had only 11 first downs and won the game. Oh, so given that, we want to look at Patriots Redskins under for this coming week. Again, it falls under that 74% long-term angle. So we got one game, and look, the line has bounced here. The Bengals were as high as four and a half at the open. They were four for a while. They were three and a half for a while. They were bet down to three. Now on game day, we're seeing money come back to Pittsburgh, back up to three and a half. Total 45 against Cincy. Single event TV game, the only thing on TV tonight. And I know both teams are 0-3, but come on. You know you're all going to be watching it. I'm going to be watching it. Ralph's going to be watching it. We're all betting on it. We got to break it down. And when it comes to breaking this game down, Ralph, I always start the exact same way. It doesn't matter what sport it is or what game it is. Does the favorite deserve to be laying this type of a price? I understand the Steelers have eight former first rounders starting on defense right now. I also understand that the Steelers have (laughs) uh, James Conner at running back, who's not working, and Mason Rudolph at quarterback, who didn't work last week and hasn't looked all that great in preseason. So I'll ask you the basic premise here. Even with the defensive talent they had, a defense that created five turnovers in San Francisco last week, do the Steelers deserve to be favorites and favorites of more than a field goal over anyone that's not Miami right now? Can Cincy hang around or is this a Pittsburgh game? Yeah, maybe Arizona. Uh, I I don't think the Steelers deserve to be favorites. Look, I break it down. uh, Offense. I think Dalton and Cincinnati have a better offense than Pittsburgh right now with Mason Rudolph and James Conner. Defense, I don't care how many first-rounders you have. This Pittsburgh defense, I am I am big into first downs because it shows how long the defense has been on the field and how you cannot stop an offense. Anyone could give up a 99-yard pass play and their defensive, their defensive stats are skewed. But when you allow 24 first downs, 25 first downs, and 26 first downs in back-to-back-to-back weeks, you have a defense that's allowing 74% completions, you better have Casey's offense to match those defensive numbers because if you don't have Mahomes at quarterback, this isn't a team I'm going to be backing. Although it's definitely worth noting. I mean, we have two common opponents out of the three games these two teams have played. Both teams played Seattle. Both teams have played San Francisco. And it's not like the Bengals' defense was really shutting those teams down either. So, uh, you know, when we look at Pittsburgh's defense, has gotten torched. We have seen Cincy go on the road twice and play competitive games twice. They played a competitive game at Buffalo despite falling behind early. They played a competitive game uh, at Seattle despite letting it get away. So we've seen them hang around. But 
One thing we haven't seen from Cincinnati at all this year, last year, in any recent season, with the game on the line in, this, in the fourth quarter, Bengals just don't make plays. The Steelers have made their fair share of plays, just couldn't make enough in the fourth quarter last week against San Fran. Agree or disagree? Well, yeah, I, I agree because that's the facts. They're 0-3. But I will also say this. You're at Seattle, a very tough venue. You're at Buffalo, one of the top defenses. You are now playing in an environment that you're familiar with. Yeah, you are still playing a division game at Pittsburgh, which is going to be difficult. But this quarterback and this team is familiar with the Pittsburgh settings. And I think, you know, there's there's a lot to that. Last week they played him at the end of the year and they lost by three at home. So uh, I, I think because of who they played and those two close games were on the road, I'm going to put an asterisk on it. Yeah, and I'm with you in terms of the concept. I do not believe that the Steelers uh, can be laying more than a field goal. Uh, anything more than minus three, my choice is Cincinnati or, or pass. Let's talk total real quick. I don't have a strong take on this total. Part of me believes a little bit in the Steelers' defense. Part of me believes a little bit uh, that Cincinnati has enough big play weapons on offense to put up points even against Pittsburgh. Single event game tonight. The only one people are going to be watching. So we know the money's coming on the over already. Last night's game, Sunday night a defensive scrum. You got any take on the total for tonight? I got mixed feelings on this one, but if I had to bet, had to bet free wager, I'd probably take the over. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I went back and forth because you look at it, you think, well, with these two defenses and the way they're playing and allowing 67% and 70% respectively when you're passing, uh, you know, I look at Cincinnati and they've only still scored 54 points, 20 points against Seattle, 17 against San Fran, 17 against Buffalo. Yes, all three of those defenses are better than who they're facing, but it still has to prove to me before I'm going to back them in a higher scoring game. Andy Dalton needs to start throwing touchdown passes and starts needs to stretching the field where he really hasn't done that. Well, he did that in the opener against Seattle with John Ross making a bunch of big plays, but Ross has been relatively quiet certainly was uh, against buffalo let's talk some props we have andy dalton over under i'm going to use the numbers from caesars here in las vegas of course better odds maker from the caesars group of sourcebook coming uh, on the show in our next segment so we use his numbers for tonight andy dalton over under 264 and a half passing yards over under one and a half touchdown passes that both of those at minus 110 no juice I like over the touchdown passes, but I think they're going to try to get Mixon and Bernard both in the mix. So uh, no opinion on the yards, but I do think uh, I do think when they get to the red zone, they will pass. And uh, I mean, the the Bengals don't have a rushing touchdown this year. So that lends me to think that they're going to continue to throw it because that's what they've done in the past. So Mason Rudolph is lined lower than Andy Dalton. Rudolph lined at 240 and a half yards. Uh, and his touchdowns, also both guys one and a half. That's your standard uh, uh, touchdown prop number. But the under for Rudolph, one and a half touchdowns, under minus 125. If you think he's going to have two touchdowns or more, you get a plus price return on this one. The one I like, and I'm not going to play Rudolph uh, the, the over under 240 and a half or over under one and a half touchdowns. The one I do like is Rudolph longest completion over 35 and a half yards, the over minus 120. 
One thing Mason Rudolph does, the guy's got a deep arm. He showed it in college. He showed it in the preseason. He showed it last week. I think Pittsburgh will take shots down the field. And I like the over longest reception, 35 and a half. What's your take on the Mason Rudolph props? I'm going to pass on the Mason Rudolph props again. It, the, the way the game goes, and I think Cincinnati wins the game. It, you know, it's right in there. Obviously, when you have you know James Washington and, and Juju Smith Schuster, uh, they are going to try to stretch the field. So you just need one guy to break a pass for 35 to you know to get your prop. Yeah. So the two running backs, Joe Mixon, 65 and a half is his over under. The touchdown, yes, minus 120, no. Plus 140, interesting for a team that doesn't have a rushing touchdown so far this season. James Conner, 94 and a half yards, a touchdown, minus one, yes, uh, yes and no, minus 110 both ways. Well, okay, I, I don't understand the James Conner number at all. I mean, he has, what, 21 yards, 33 yards, and 43 yards in his three games? Uh, I, I would go under James Conner. Yeah, that was a number that stood out to me as well. Tyler Boyd, 75 and a half receiving yards. Juju Smith-Schuster, five and a half catches over minus 125. Juju Smith-Schuster touchdown, yes, plus 145, no, minus 165. Anything from the receivers, Boyd or Juju, stand out for you? Well, you know, you look at you look at targets, and again, I'm big at looking at targets when you're looking at receptions. Schuster only has 11 receptions in three games, so five and a half seems like a big number. Even with his 16 targets, that means if he's targeted, you know, 5.3 times per game, he's going to have to catch all of them. But again, you are playing a Cincinnati defense. No opinion would lean under. Yeah, and the one thing we're not going to talk about on Prop Shop, we're not going to give you or even discuss first player to score a touchdown. That is pretty random. And if you want to bet random stuff, hey, you can bet a couple of cockroaches racing. We're not going to do that right here. Not a bet that I choose to make, Ralph. I don't think one that you make either. When we come back, special guest. Yeah, from the Link Sportsbook. Stay tuned right here on Week. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Wager Talk. Teddy Covers at Teddy underscore Covers. Ralph Michaels at Cal Sports LV. I encourage you to follow SportsGrid at SportsGrid on Twitter. You can get access to all of our programming all day long 18 hours a day and of course download that sports grid app you can get all the programming right here on demand at your leisure and of course you want one more twitter to follow this is the one to follow right here right now art at art dice 21 we have arthur d Cesare from the link sportsbook one of the caesars families of sportsbooks joining us on the show today making his inaugural wager talk appearance arthur Welcome to the show, and tell me how badly I butchered your last name. Uh, Teddy, I really appreciate it. Not that bad. Uh, it is pronounced De Caesar, but everyone Caesar. has been saying De Cesare my whole life, so I'm used to it. <laughs> uh, exactly. You can call you De Caesar, call you De Cesare, just don't call you late for dinner. Um, so you work That's for the right. Link Sportsbook, one of the Caesars properties here in Las Vegas. What's your job at the Link? Uh, I am actually a supervisor at the link for uh, racing sports. I've uh, been doing that for about six months now. Been in the business for about almost two years now. Um, so, yeah, I love it over there. Obviously, I'm sure if anyone's been there, 
we got a great setup, great TVs, bunch of fan caves over there. It's a really, really nice setup, especially for football. So yeah. it's really high yeah, tech. I was there, uh, I was there uh, over century. Super Bowl weekend and really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, you know, when you live in Vegas, I got my own little sports book in my office. So it's not like I'm out and about all the time. <laughs> but certainly it is a beautiful-looking venue. And, of course, you've got all the wagering that people want. How does Caesars compare to the other books in Vegas? I know there was a time – where Caesars wasn't really considered a wise guy book. All that's changed the last couple of years. You guys are taking sharp action on a week in, week out basis. We definitely are. I've also seen a lot of just, we have a lot more options. You know, we were doing games of the year, offering more props, you know, giving people more betting options. Whereas when I first started, we really were just doing the, you know, nuts and bolts game first half second half that type of stuff so we're definitely allowing people to come in and get more of what they want which is what you have to do to compete arthur ralph here i have two questions for you number one tell our tell our viewers and listeners how you got into the business and number two you know, the transformation of the sports book has is, is just been awesome from the old Link sports book. Has that directly correlated to the handle increasing proportionally? Uh, good afternoon, Ralph. Pleasure to talk to you. Um, absolutely. Um, the handle has definitely gone up since we moved locations and got this brand new state of the art sports book. You definitely see more foot traffic. We're kind of not in the corner anymore. Um, and it's been actually very wonderful for us. And the way I broke in was my mentor is basically Johnny Drazinski, as most people know him around town as Johnny Spot. Um, he's the guy who broke me in, gave me a chance, and he's been like, like I said, like a, a mentor to me. So I owe him a lot. Yeah, I mean, well, when I first, the first year I was in Vegas. Uh, I had lunch with someone who now has become a friend, but at the time he was just a guy who was just giving me advice. And he's like, what you should do, go get a job at a sports book and you'll get, you know, even a ticket writer. Doesn't matter. You'll get your foot in on the ground floor and you'll hear everything that you want to hear. And just being in the book every day is a great education. Agree or disagree. Of course, I didn't take that advice. And now I'm stuck here on the other side of the counter, probably permanently. Uh, but would you agree with that, Arthur? Some of this interest in the industry. Get a job, get your foot in the door, and you can do whatever you want from uh, moving forward if you have any ability. Eddie, I couldn't agree anymore. That was my whole goal. My whole goal was let me just get in. You got to start as a writer. I was a writer, and, you know, just I'll gain knowledge. People will see my work ethic, see what, that I have some knowledge in this too. And, you know, it's like anything in life. If you can break in and show people, you know, you love this and this is what you want to do, there's nothing but, you know, positive stuff that can happen so that was my whole goal and it has worked out beautifully for me so I, I couldn't be happier with where i'm at all right enough with the bio let's talk about what's going on <laughs> uh big let's decision for the house this weekend uh let's start on sunday obviously sunday's what people remember most because it just happened yesterday what games were particularly good for the caesars group of sportsbook on sundays and did you have any games that were particularly bad it seemed like a pretty good day for the house and not a great day for most betters. It was an excellent day for the house. Um, our biggest three decisions were Saints, Bills, and Lions, which obviously all got there. Um, you know, as far as anything bad, there really wasn't anything bad. I mean, when you have 
underdogs basically go nine, three and one against the spread and you have seven out outright winners, the, the book's usually going to clean up in that sense. So yeah, Sunday was a banner day for us. Yeah. I mean, even a game like the giants Redskins, I felt like there was a lot of sharp money and public money on the giants. That one didn't hurt you too bad. Um, I'm trying to no, think if there was anything really. else. I mean, we, you know, we were able to, no, we were, you know, we, Listen, if, if you're going to have one game out of, you know, 12 or 13 go bad, it's not, you know, it's not going to kill you. But as far as, like like I said, the biggest three for us were Saints, Bills, and Lions. And those were – and Saints was actually by far the biggest. That was by far wow. the biggest game for us, you know, which can happen a lot on a Sunday night. You know, everyone's chasing back their money. But, uh, yeah, no, Saints was the biggest uh, for us. Arthur, let, let's turn gears and go back one more day to Saturday. You know, I know interviewing, you know, a lot of sportsbook directors that the later games get more money, the Sunday night game. And on Saturday, those late TV games get get the biggest handle. Number one, your biggest winners and losers on Saturday. Number two, if it wasn't Ohio State, I wanted to know how much that hurt. And number three, <laughs> I have to ask about the Arizona UCLA game. We, you know, an hour before the game, they all of a sudden say Khalil Tate and Taylor aren't playing a quarterback and a running back. That line moves four points and and lands in that in the, almost that middle range. So, biggest winners and losers: Ohio State and Arizona. By far, Ohio State. We had the most tie-ins on. Um, the spread hurt us for Ohio State, and you're correct when you say, you know, the, the later these games get on Saturday, because it's a full day, you know, you're betting at 9 a.m., and then you're basically going until 7 p.m., but Ohio State was the one that definitely hurt us the most. Um, we actually made out a little bit on the total, but spread hurt us, money line hurt us a little bit. As far as the UCLA game was, it wasn't anything like the Ohio State game. Ohio State was by far the biggest one for us. Um you know, that UCLA game was basically the last game of the day. And sometimes by then people are kind of, you know, they're, they're pooped out from being there all day. And it's like, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to really throw anything on this. But Ohio State, I would say, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, you find those like the four or five o'clock games uh, on the West Coast or the seven or eight o'clock starts on the East Coast. Those are the ones that get the most handle. And then your late night bailout special, the 730 kickoffs here on the left coast or 10:30 back in the East coast. Those ones, not, not, not quite as much. It's not, even though it's the latest game, they're not going to get the handle of the big marquee games that are on national TV uh, at the five o'clock hour no, here in, uh, they, in Vegas. Exactly. Teddy. I mean, it's, it's a lot of the times, obviously Ohio state's a national team. Nebraska's got a big following. So, you know, when you put these games on ABC, ESPN and their, you know, five o'clock Pacific time kickoffs, you know, that's everyone's keying in on those games. So you definitely get a lot more handle on those type of games. And especially in Ohio state. I mean, it's funny. We had a lot of Ohio state and Nebraska people in the sports book Saturday night. So it kind of seemed like it was split down the middle with people. Yeah. For, for the first half, I, I know the Nebraska people weren't there in the second half uh, of that ball game. Of course, no. we're talking right now with uh, Arthur DeCesar from the link sports book, one of the Caesars properties here in Las Vegas. And, Let's get, I mean, we've done a, a lot of Monday Night Football talk already on this show, but I'm confident that our viewing audience wants to know, what's your liability tonight? What are the sports books rooting for? What is the league rooting for this evening for Monday Night Football? Side and total, what kind of action have you got? And what are you anticipating before kickoff? We definitely have more money on the Bengals. 
about two times the amount of money on the Bengals, and roughly the same on the over. Um, you know, the, the line was, it opened at five, basically went to four pretty quickly, and it's kind of been jumping between three, three and a half since Friday. So, I mean, you know, it, it's a tough game. It's a Monday night game where you got two 0-3 teams. So, we'll see, it, you know, if we get more people pouring in to bet this tonight. But right now, it's, it's the Bengals. The money's on the Bengals, for sure. And let me ask this. This is an ugly game, but it is a standalone game. Just can you tell our listeners, compare the handle on this game to a prime game like the Saints and the Cowboys. Does Monday night standalone still out outdraw the Sunday night game? This particular game will not because the Sunday night it's game ugly. with a matchup, even minus, even minus Breeze, it's the Cowboys. I mean, you know, the Cowboys are, they could be the biggest national public team in the world. So it's hard to compare two 0-3 teams. Even though the Steelers have their following, nothing's going to compare to that game last night. And But Monday games, if it's a good game, you can have you can have really, really good action. I mean, it just really depends on the matchup. And this matchup is not that great, unfortunately. Arthur, any, anything that already for this next upcoming week, be it in college football or the NFL, have have sharps have multiple sharps jumped on one side where a number's had to been moved significantly? I haven't seen anything yet, to be honest with you. When I left work last night, it wasn't anything that had jumped out at me yet. Um, the only thing for the NFL is obviously there's no uh, Bills line because of Josh Allen. So they don't know what's up with him. But, uh, yeah, nothing significant for college yet. College, we don't really start seeing stuff flood in till Monday or Tuesday because, I don't know, people are just kind of – they're letting Sunday, you know, kind of wash over them. And then, you know, by the time Monday rolls around, then they start thinking about uh, the college game for the next week. We've got just a few minutes left here with Arthur DeCesar from the Link Sportsbook, one of the Caesars properties here in Las Vegas. I want to real quick get some thoughts of yours on the MLB playoffs. Who do you like? Where are your liabilities? Any quick take on what we're going to see in this MLB postseason, which starts tomorrow. Uh, Well, obviously, what a time of the year. Football in full swing, hockey about to start, baseball playoffs. This is and then NBA right around the corner. This is the best time of the year, obviously. Uh, AL so far, A's haven't announced the pitcher, so we don't have a line on that yet. Um, the Nationals are basically minus 178, over under 7.5 with the over minus 120. Um, it'd be hard to go against the Nationals. I mean, this is going to be – this is a big game for Scherzer. He has been a little spotty in this postseason, in his postseason history. You know, you're at home, no Yelich in that lineup. You would have to say Nationals. I mean, it would be hard to go against them. But that's why they play the games, and it is a one-game playoff, so you never know. Sure. And, uh, Arthur, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Hopefully we'll have you back on every Monday. We'd love to have you. Uh, Great addition to the show. This is your chance. Give me promos and plugs. What do you like? you got a minute to do it. Absolutely. Well, let me just say, gentlemen, this has been a real honor, and I really love what you guys do. I've been a big fan of you guys for a long time. Um, not really trying to promote myself, but if you want to follow me, I'm at ArtDice21 at Twitter.com. And come check us out at the link. Like I said, we've got all these fan caves and a great viewing. 
for all the football on the weekend. So come check us out at the link. Arthur DeCesar sharing the knowledge. We'll have him on again. What a great segment, Ralph. I'm really glad that we get some odds maker perspective because that is most assuredly a piece of the puzzle right here on Wager Talk. Wager Talk continues. Stay tuned. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. We're here in the home stretch of Wager Talk. We like to call this final segment Betting 101. Give you some info about some of the terms that a lot of people don't know, some of the analysis, and uh, some of the uh, concepts that are crucial for sports betting. And this is one we throw out all the time, Ralph. We say, you got to get the best of the number. Get the best of the number. What does that mean? Well, it means that you want to be able to beat the closing point spread. If the spread closes at minus six, if you had the favorite, you want to lay minus five and a half or minus five or minus four and a half or minus four, where you're beating the closing number. That's not always getting the very best of it. To get the very best of it, you're going to have to be betting when the lines open on Sundays and right before they close, uh, because that's when the markets move the most, when they're at their peak and the low. But Ralph, you got a great example from a recent UTEP game that talks about what getting the best of the number really means. Well, yeah, I just want to emphasize that, you know, there's only a handful of people getting the best number. And this game is ugly. I'm surprised it moved as much as it did. UTEP opened a two and a half point home dog to UTSA. I released it and I bet it plus two and a half. Well, it is now pick, but... So few people bet that game to move two points. Do I still like UTEP at pick? Absolutely. They're the better team. I have positive coaches. Quotes from Dana Dimmel. I have a team that should never, that, that it plays better at home and had a positive second half against Southern Miss. So now the line is pick. If the line continues to move where UTEP is minus three, no, I would not play the game. But you find a line value that there's still value at the line you made. It's a line that people can play. And I consider pick the true opening number. And then you look at how a game does relative to that on the line. If you're going to play it, if you can't bet until Saturday. But again, UTEP is a game for this upcoming week that I like. I already bet. And at pick, there's still value with my number. Yeah, to get the very true best of the number. You have to be betting openers because that's when you're going to find them. All that being said, if you're beating the closing number, you're beating the closing point spread week in, week out, you're going to make money at this long term. Hopefully we've helped you today. Thanks for spending time out of your busy day with Ralph and I. We'll do it again tomorrow. Thanks to Arthur DeCesar. Caesar. Arthur DeCesar. Thank you so much from Caesar Sportsbook. We'll do it again tomorrow right here on the Sports Grid TV Network.